Hey, traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Thursday, May 5, 2022, Cinco de Mayo. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We have a reversal of the reversal. There's a lot of stuff on the docket. We're going to take a look at the market from a lot of different angles. We're going to look at a few different charts. We're going to talk about some things that we've all talked about before, but we're going to reinforce some things that are very, very important. This is not your father's Oldsmobile anymore. What does that mean? Years ago, there was a commercial. It was changed. The market has changed. It's not the same as it was, obviously. I'm not trying to be Captain Obvious. What I'm trying to do is impress upon you that there's a way in which to treat this market, and it's not the way you treated the market in the past. So therefore, let me give a out-front example. Lazy swing trader. The board is clean. Why wasn't I short? I tried to short the market a few times, and frankly, they wouldn't let me in. That kind of tells me a lot of what I need to know. If they wouldn't let me in, they kept missing numbers. There was a couple of times recently, within the last couple of weeks, that I wanted to short the tape, and they wouldn't let me in, and they dropped it so fast, they just don't let you have it. When that happens, that's the market's way of telling you something that you should know. They don't want you to participate. This is the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew. Just hear me out on this. If they make it so hard to participate, the odds are that if you do participate, you're doing it at the wrong price, the wrong time, you're likely going to lose, get whipped around, all that stuff. You can't try too hard. They either hit a number or they don't. If they don't, you leave it alone. What happens when you start to chase it is you end up with a different kind of trade. Sometimes you win big by doing that, but other times, in fact, the majority of the time, using the 80-20 rule, when you chase the tape, you end up losing. You end up getting a pie in the face. Let's talk pies in the face for a second. So yesterday, the market ramps up on the Fed announcement, all that stuff, big time short squeeze. But what actually happened is buying begets buying. So there were certainly traders, investors, people, institutions, everyone across the board to some degree, not everyone, but to some degree, if they got sucked into the market yesterday by buying Apple or Amazon or the spiders or the Qs or whatever they bought, doesn't really matter. Guess what happened today? Not only did the shorts get squeezed yesterday, but then some of the same traders, and we all know this, some of the same traders that were squeezed out yesterday flipped it around. Guess what happened? They got absolutely shit canned today. That's why we stay away from this rodeo type stuff until the dust clears up. That's why the lazy swing trader board was clean. Guess what? We entered a trade today. Guess what? The trade we enter today has the makings of a reversal day. How you doing? We'll see how it works out. We've got our money where our mouth is. I said I was waiting for a specific number on something. The number hit. We entered the trade. It's a process. It's mathematical. But we have to take into an account the market conditions. This is not the time to mess around. Let's go further. We're now back to the rubber band place. Now, there's no specific number 
that becomes the rubber band number anymore other than really this number here. It is 41064. They still have yet to close below that number. Now, let me point something else out. Still have a tail candle from the other day. So they had a huge, big time, deep retracement of the recent low. Okay, from a technical perspective, that's okay. It's still on the board for positive stuff. And why do I say that? Well, from a short-term perspective, look what happened into the closing bell today. So let's get granular for a moment and let's understand who's running the show and what happened. There are no accidents or coincidences. So today was a really bad day, terrible day, reversal of the reversal, on volume, all that stuff. But look at this. Yesterday's low was 413.71. Where did they close today? 413.84. Now watch this. Here's a five-minute chart. Look at the last two candles of the day. In 10 minutes, the low, even 15 minutes ago or from the close, the low was 409.91. They closed the day at 413.88. There are no accidents or coincidences. The reason that happened and no other reason is because somebody out there wanted the tape to close above yesterday's low. Now, at least from a short-term perspective, you leave with a positive feeling that they're trying to rescue the market if you're bullish. However, if they open down tomorrow, then so be it, and it's a whole nother set of things going on. Just to give you an example of what I was talking about before, so I wanted to short the market when it was going up like this over here when it collapsed into this 100-day moving average. So I was looking higher, I had a number, I wanted to short the tape, I was going to put out the swing trade, but they just never got there. And then, after seeing yesterday, we go back to the trend line that we were talking about, and I'll put it in on a rough basis here. What happened yesterday led me to believe, incorrectly for now, that we would see some follow-through. It was a big reversal day, they got to the top of this area here, they were poised to break out a little bit into the moving averages. That certainly could have happened, maybe get a slight retracement today and continue up over the next few days. Now, maybe they reverse the tape again in rodeo fashion. There's nothing we can do about that. But under normal garden variety conditions, we would have seen at least whether it was a pullback and follow through or follow through after yesterday's rally. Not necessarily the type of reversal we saw today that goes to, it's not your father's Oldsmobile anymore, you're in a downtrend, you're in a bear market, it's not the same thing. The tape is flipped upside down. In a bull market, they buy the dips, in a bear market, they sell the rips. That's pretty much what's going on. Take a long view for a second, looking at the weekly chart. So we know they missed the 100 period moving average, so that in and of itself has to be considered unfinished business. They come up short. They could have hit it if they wanted to. They just didn't. That's unfinished business. Next time down, they're not going to stop at the 100-period moving average. But are they putting in, or could they possibly put in, depending on where they close the week out on Friday's close, but could they put in a sign or signal of a trend change? Could it be considered somewhere in the vicinity of on time? And the answer is yes. Yeah. So what they're doing is the feedback loop. This is what they're doing. They're making you guess. One chart, you can make a case for bullish behavior. Another chart, you can make a case for bearish. You can make a case either way. There's a lot of BS going around. 
there's a lot of stuff flying around the internet about Russia and next week and all that stuff. We don't know exactly what's going to happen, but what I can tell you is, strictly from experience, and this is just one of those things, right? I don't know what's going to happen, and I don't know what's not going to happen, but what I do know is this. What you generally expect to happen in these kind of circumstances doesn't happen. Something different happens, could be worse, could be better, but generally speaking, what we think is going to happen is not necessarily going to happen. All these things are part and parcel to the psychology that centers around the market. Remember, the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew, their job is to make investors and traders look like fools as much of the time as possible. They did that for sure over the last couple of days at minimum. I'm going to give you a little story. It's worth a minute or so, kind of one of those anecdotes. I have a friend that's been around the market a long time, not just around the market. He worked on Wall Street. He's been in the business. He's been in the game for some 40 years. He's retired now. He called me today. We talk frequently. He's a member. He's a member of Inside the Numbers, Lazy Swing Trader. So we talk markets all the time. And no, he doesn't pay. He was my manager some 25 years ago or whatever it is at this point. The irony is now it's teach the teacher. But he certainly knows a ton about the market. And here's the point. He called me today and he said, I almost got sucked in yesterday. I was thinking of buying stuff re-establishing some positions that he shedded, made a lot of money on the way up, knew this was coming, watches the videos, all that stuff. We talked. So he was pretty clean, mostly cash, and he almost got sucked in yesterday, and he called to tell me that he held off. He didn't do it. We talked a little bit about the psychology of the market, and what was the end result of the conversation? This is what they do. They wanted you to get sucked in. How many people got sucked in yesterday and ate a shit burger today? A ton of people. He held off. Good for him. Even when you've been around the markets as long as he has or longer, you still have to fight the temptation. You have to fight the urge. You have to look at the bigger picture, and you have to say to yourself, hey, wait a minute. Based on what's going on in the market, let me think about it like this. Let's say I put $100,000 to work. Let's say I put a lot more to work, whatever it is. Yesterday, if the market had another follow-through day and he was up four, five, six thousand dollars whatever it was, maybe less, maybe more, he would have been happy. But he would have been more unhappy being down eight, nine, ten, twelve thousand dollars today, and therefore it wasn't worth the opportunity cost of the market going without him. That's the way you have to look at it. There are setups, you buy numbers, you buy setups. You buy things on charts that make sense that create full stack situations. That's how you tip the scales in your favor. The number we bought today on the security we bought today from Lazy Swing Trader, I was waiting on for weeks. If it never hit the number, so be it. It hit it today, an alert went off, I typed up the alert, and it went out. Bought the option, set it, and forget it. Not really going to forget it, but that's just a term to make a point inside the numbers. What I'm going to do is let you read the notes, pause the video, go back to the chart, and double-check the work. But really what happened today, once they got below a certain number, and you'll see it in the notes, it was going to be a quote-unquote long day for the bulls. So they got below the number, and therefore, A, if you're willing to short them in the hole, that's up to you. I'm not going to do that, and I'm not going to try and guess on where they're going to find low. We had a couple of opportunities, a couple of scalp trades. It's all in there. Let me point one thing out in particular. 
11.25, remember 4.12. Well, here it comes. They'll spike it, but it's important. We knew it was important for days and days and days. I kept talking about 4.12, and just so you get the point, finally, they come in, they spike 4.12. We've been saying they were going to do that for days and days and days from last week, and guess what? They hit it, they bounced off of it, they came back for a retest. The low here is 4.1206, and they went up. And so that was a pretty big rally. Now, they did come back down, but... It's an important spot. Once they got below 414, opened the door for 412. Again, we've been talking about that over and over and over again. So nothing changed. So that happened. So can a trader be short for that? It's a very difficult trade. But the same thing applied each day. As long as they started closing candles below 414, today was the first day they really did it. Then guess what? 412, door opens. They did it. Just wanted to point that out. I'm going to scroll, pause the video read the notes, go back to the charts to double-check the work. You'll see a couple of scalp trade opportunities. The bounces were kind of meager. And you start to see the writing on the wall. Once they get below 414, which is the low from the other day, guess what? Game is on for the Bears. It's a problem for the Bulls. They're going to start dripping lower, whip back and forth. The swings are why. That's another thing. From a day trading perspective, if you're going to take a trade, you have to understand and respect the fact that the stops have to be wider, the swings are going to be wider, the numbers are wider. That was one of the other problems today. Once they got below a certain thing today, the door opened for a whole nother thing, which was not close by. So it was a difficult tape right out of the gate today, and that was as a result of the huge ramp they had yesterday in the last couple of hours of the day after the Fed. Here's what I mean by that. You have this huge breakup candle. They start getting into this candle. How do you know where they're going to stop? They're going to want to test the low of that candle at some point, but they don't have to do it today. They don't have to do it at all. They can do it. They can also make a bull flag pattern. So a lot of things can happen inside these big breakup candles. The bigger the candle, the more risk you have trying to buy the market near the top. That was one of the main issues today. Here's another example. Now, this was a trade from today. This was a good area. This was a place that the market should have bounced from. And guess what? It did. It's hard to see it on this chart, but the bounce was right. The bounce was at least for a scalp trade. They got to a high of 424.60. So it gave you, let's just say, seven, eight, nine S&P handles from an entry around 423.75 or slightly below. So they gave you a bounce for a trade, but guess what? Immediately failed. Again, the writing is on the wall when they can't bounce at important numbers. Right out of the gate, 9.35, closing candles below, 4.23.50, opens the door all the way down to 4.20 and lower. That's not close by. That's 35 S&P handles. There's 4.20 and lower. They tried to stabilize there, and they couldn't even do it. Again, they're not going to stop at a big, fat, round number like that. That's trouble. That's writing on the wall. Stock's on the move. We had a laundry list today. The market was obviously what it was, so everything pretty much got at least into their number or below, opened below, went a lot lower, all that stuff. Let's take a look at the charts. The only one we don't have to look at is Cardinal Health. Everything else, we're going to take a peek. Corvo. So they came into the first number, but they did it in a drip slash creeping fashion. We don't love that. We would have loved to have them come in here or even here, but they didn't do that. So the first number is technically off the table. The second number worked. The market was getting killed. I don't know who's taking a trade around lunch with the market going down, 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 and down. 
Maybe there were some traders that did, but the takeaway is the numbers work. Remember, everything is headed for a destination. At some point, when things are rising fast or falling fast, they're headed for a destination. The question is, do you know where that destination is? That's the $64,000 question. eBay, same routine, dripped into the first. The second number was the number. They had an immediate reversal on the second number, right back over the first. The numbers work. Same thing around lunchtime. Whether somebody did or did not take that trade, I don't know. Apple, bit of a shit burger, didn't work. I took Apple myself. I took a loss in Apple. And what happened was, I'm in it up here in the beginning of the day, so I'm still in the thought process of it's a pullback after a big rally. There's going to be another leg higher. They're going to still try and rally the tape. All that stuff. I was in the pullback camp until I wasn't. Well, I was already in Apple, so I got caught with my pants down. That's the way it works. That's what stops are made for. Cognizant. Now, this was a good one. Jordan got this one in the room this morning. You can see it more clearly on a one-minute chart. They opened below the first number, so technically the first number is off the table. What do they do? Come into the second number, spike it by just a few pennies, rip it back up in the other direction. $80 was recaptured. That's $1.75 in minutes. By the third, fourth minute in the day, you're out of this trade. You got money in your pocket, and it's over. Wayfair opened below all three numbers I had on the board at zero dark 30, so guess what? It's off the board. This was a no trade. I actually gave the live room one more price on this as it was falling since it opened below all the numbers. Somebody asked, is there a number on Wayfair? And I gave them 71.50 and look what happened. They came up short. 71.80 had a tremendous rally away from that, several dollars. Then they came into it later, but it's too late by that point. You wanted this one and you wanted that rally that ultimately went back up to 77 and a half. Oh my, you can make a lot on days like today. You can lose a lot on days like today. You have to be careful. What about Camp IWM, a reversal of the reversal? Now yesterday really wasn't a reversal. It was follow through from the prior two days, but I like using that terminology. So you'll have to give me a mulligan on that one. By the way, we have the phony jobs number on the docket Friday morning, tomorrow morning. And by the way, I have an appointment, as you know, I've had it on the board all week long. There will be no inside the numbers. I'll do numbers as best I can before I have to go, and I'll put a note inside the numbers. So there'll be something there, at least, to take a look at. The IWM is pretty simple. This low here from the second of this month, once you lose that low, it's a problem. You go over to the weekly chart, and you see, well, again, they're hovering over the 200-week moving average. Are they going to come up short and rally away? Or are they going to come into the 200-week moving average and lower? Just for kicks, what do we say? Well, the market gapped up here and went higher. So whether you consider this a breakout area or this a breakout area, which is also a gap, or something in between, it's a zone. But when you put the line across like this, you find out that, well, this is kind of a breakout area. But if you consider, well, maybe the market really broke out from the gap that was the week before. Closed on Friday here, open Monday, broke out. So it's somewhere in this zone, but if you take the lower line, the gap is all the way down here, 163, 164, 165, something in that neighborhood. The gap is officially between 163 and 164. So if they're going to come down into this no man's land area, that's really where they're headed. We've talked about this one before. If you take this as a breakout area, it's 175. If you take this one down here 
as a breakout area, it's below 160. What about in between? Let's say it was somewhere in here. And it's hard to say because there is no official, this was the breakout area. You can make a case, they broke out once they got over this high or this high. We really don't know. So you have to use some common sense. You have to use a little bit of art form and you say, well, it's something down here. Well, what else is here? Well, we just talked about it. So we know that down there in this neighborhood here, this is 170, down here is 166, 165. It starts getting to be close to that gap over there. And you have to say, well, if you go back to that weekly chart and you say, if they're going to be down in that area, here's the moving average. You spike below it. They're coming in or at least close to that gap. So that's an area that if the IWM continued to fall, that there should be garden variety support. Remember, we're still in that rubber band breaking scenario. Don't discount the fact on all these markets, it's going to happen at some point. I know I say it probably now once or twice a week, but I feel the need to say it once or twice a week. We're going to have a market crash. How many points in one, two, or three days? Maybe it's all over a week. We don't know. There's going to be a lot of points. There's going to be a big crash. There's going to be a hell of a snapback. There's going to be hell of opportunities created when that happens. What do you think I'm waiting for? I don't know when it's going to happen. It's very hard to predict these things. Again, could happen tomorrow, could happen next week, could happen in six months. We don't know. I'm not going to try and tell you I know. If I knew, I would tell you. Remember, and I know we're jumping around a little bit now, but it's okay. Remember, this is the SPY monthly chart. So around the 20-month moving average. They may hang out here for a while. We don't know. Remember 365. Here's a monthly chart, 50-period moving average. Let's just say they paid a visit to the 50-period moving average at some point this year sooner than later. Well, it's at 342. We're at 413. They could get it done all inside of a month. Don't think they can't. Remember, here's another one here. This was the COVID crash, right? So it happened over two months. You have a high of 339 and a low of 218. That was the COVID crash. Market's a lot higher now. They fall faster and harder. I'm not trying to scare anybody. What I'm trying to do is help you understand that this will happen. Go back to the videotape. I said it was going to happen when the market was still going up into 2021. It's just a matter of when. Now, the top is in. The market's correcting. They're at a rubber band place, so I have no choice than to discuss the breaking of the rubber band scenario. Here's a weekly chart of the Qs. It's ugly. Rubber band place, daily chart. You know, they keep making new lows. They keep creating another rubber band place because they keep getting snapbacks, even short snapbacks. Well, guess what? One time, it doesn't snap back. That's the point. Markets collapse not from highs. They, they could go down a lot from a high, but they collapse because they're so weak. There's no buyers out there. There's no bid under the market, and it just falls. What's this? This is May 6, 2010, 12 years ago, anniversary tomorrow. This was a flash crash. Quick recovery, and then they made lower lows after that. But I want to point out that all these things are on the table. When this stuff happens, everything gets thrown out with the bathwater, hedge funds collapse, margin calls happen, panic selling sets in, selling begets selling, there are no buyers, 
And on that day, when those type of things happen, which are infrequent, but they do happen, you don't know where the bottom is that day. It's very hard to figure out. You just don't know until they put it in. And by the way, when they put in the bottom, by the time they start to rally the tape on this day, it was up so many points, you couldn't even get an order in. What about the folks down at the transportation department? By the way, don't make any mistakes. I'm not saying the market's going to collapse tomorrow, and I'm not saying it's going to rally tomorrow. I'm saying we don't know. We're in a position where we just don't know. They gobble up so many points each and every day. They change the complexion of the intraday tape on a dime. In a matter of minutes, they're gobbling up 20, 30, 40 S&P handles. That's not a market that you want to actively trade each and every day. You can pick your spots. You can find numbers of stuff that works at numbers. Sure, I do that. But you have to be very selective and very careful. There's a reason why the Lazy Swing Trader board has been clean, trying to keep you at a trouble. Some traders will get frustrated and they'll cancel and all that stuff. And I get that. And that's fine. Do what you want. I'm going to put you in stuff when I'm in stuff. And I'm not going to be in stuff unless I want to be in stuff. I'm in something today because I wanted to be in it. I've been waiting for a number for a long time. That's the way this works. The market feedback was to me, you have to be in this. Buy this thing. It's at the price you've been waiting for. You put the alert on your board a long time ago. Take the trade. That's what the market told me today. Doesn't mean it's going to be right, but when I get into a trade, I have conviction that I'm going to be right 110% of the time with the full and complete understanding that sometimes it's not going to work and I'm going to lose a trade. That's the way it works. But if you don't have the conviction getting into a trade, stay out. Folks down at the transportation department, well, we still have the higher lows. So no damage to the higher low story in the transports. Tremendous down day, but yesterday was a tremendous up day, and look where they closed, well inside of yesterday's low. So technically speaking, as long as they don't come below and close the day below, specifically hourly below even that low from yesterday, which was, let's get the number, the actual low was 15,032.06. That's your line in the sand right now, at least from a short-term perspective. As crazy as it sounds, there's really been no change in the transport's daily chart. They're still trying to make this third higher low work for another rally. We'll see if it could sustain. They get into the moving averages, it's make it or break it. Are they going to get fully rejected here, or are they going to work their way through? It's just interesting how the market gives you these glimmers of hope on the bull side. The transports, the higher lows, closing above yesterday's low. They did it in the S&P. Speaking of S&P, I want to point something else out. I didn't look at this until I said S&P. I paused the video and I brought this chart up and look at this. Yesterday's low in the S&P cash index was 4148.91. Today's closing print 4146.87. That's below that number. So that's interesting. Put that on a sticky note. If you have to pick one, I'm going to pick the cash index to say here's what happened. So as far as I'm concerned, the cash index did not close above yesterday's low. That's interesting. I've got it on a sticky note. Now we go over to the Qs, and guess what? Here's yesterday's low. The official price was 313.89. Closing print today, below that, 313 even. 
That's not a good sign. That's a bad sign. That's a rubber band snapping sign. Doesn't mean it will, but the door is open. XLF, other side to the coin, they closed above yesterday's low. You see how the market leaves you thinking in both directions, which leaves you in the middle. I'm not afraid to say right now, I don't know which way it's going tomorrow. I have no idea. Smash mouth, downtrend, above yesterday's low. So again, the downtrend is the dominant thing. The trend is the dominant thing for sure. First thing that jumps off the page at me on this chart is we have this big down move here, and now they're putting in some kind of a wedgish thing. That's really the first thing I saw. Could take a while longer. They could rally it up to 250. They can keep doing this back and forth in this channel. Break the channel to the upside is one thing. Break the channel to the downside is something else. They're in a channel. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.